This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey everybody and welcome to another incredible episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney with two incredible hosts. Yep. Did I already use the word incredible to describe the podcast itself? I don't know, I wasn't listening. Yeah, me neither. Uh, her name is Siobhan Coombs. Hello. My name Andrew Levins and uh, every week we read all of comics that came out last week, let you know which were the ones that we enjoyed the most and also sometimes the ones that we did not enjoy as much as those ones that we enjoyed the most. I'm very hungover. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even hear it in my voice, which has dropped a few octave, octaves. <clears throat> I, I had like, I like a double hungover. Double hungover. You know, How? I really just like when you when you don't really let Saturday's hangover kick in, you just get right back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly it's Monday. Yep. And your kid's kicking you in the face because <laughs> someone needs to take him to school. <laughs> then seems rough. You get on a train. Mm. And reading's the worst. <laughs> yeah, using your eyes. Yeah. At all. In fact, I tried. Tough. I got a train home. It was a relatively early event last night, mm. and I was on a train home. Like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll, I'll finish the last of these comics while yeah. I'm like off, out of my mind, drunk on a train. I uh, didn't even get him out of the bag. Oh. <laughs> Instead, set four alarms, <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> I'm always terrified of falling asleep on a train. Oh, you just gotta let it happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's the responsible thing to do. <laughs> that doesn't seem like good advice at all. The alarms worked. Oh, good. That's all, good. All four of them nice. went off, and eventually I got I got off the train just in time Aww. to fall asleep in a cab from the station in my house. Uh, anyway, let's uh, begin this episode like we do every other episode and talk about the number ones that came out last week. Mm. Uh, we should let you know that every comic that we talk about on the show, like every week, is available and given to us from the good folks at King's Comics in Sydney, yep. 310 Pitt Street, if you were ever in town, or kingscomics.com. And if you are in town this Saturday, there's no better day of the year to come to King's Comics unless you hate crowds. Because mm. it's free comic book day this weekend. Woo! Where all the publishers put out a free book, yep. free comic book, um, that um, retailers buy lots and lots of copies of and encourage everyone to come down and say hello mm-hmm. and buy some more comics while they're, they're getting free ones, dress up, get into the spirit of things. 
Have fun. Siobhan has uh, been organizing this day for a long time. Yep. So if you want to show some appreciation for the show and to King's Comics for allowing this show to happen, the best thing for you to do is come and say hello to us uh, on Saturday at, Absolutely. at King's. Absolutely. And there's, there's, there's cool stuff too. Like Tom Taylor's going to be there. Nicholas Scott's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Andrew Constant, who we're going to be talking about later, is going to be there. A couple of other bros yeah. who are going to be there. Lots of comic people are going to be there. Um, yep. You can get some things signed. You can even get some pictures of yourself drawn as a Simpsons character. Yes. By Dean Rankin. Um, and, uh, of course, all the free comics. Uh, lots of di- discounted stock from Kings as well. Yep. It's a great Dreams day. Enough. Great day to be a Kings, uh, to be a comic comic book reader. And a great day to bring your kids as well. Yeah, to, to absolutely. show off what a fun time a comic book experience can be. Absolutely. I'm going to be, um, I'm going to say at least half as hungover as I am today, at the, ver- at the very least. Um, <clears throat> and I'll be walking up and down the long line at the front doing trivia questions. Yep. Um, and so when you get asked, uh, what kind of hangover did I have on Monday? You can say a double hangover. <laughs> That'll be the first question. Have you, have you, are you writing, have you started writing trivia or are you just going to like wing it? Um, I could, Probably could wing it. I mean, yeah, I, I, reckon my, I reckon I'm like 80% right on this show. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I reckon 75. Okay. <laughs> Jim, Jim reckons 60. Uh, somewhere in there yeah. um, is, is the correct answer. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I've, I've planned a few things. Okay. It's going to be a fun mix of, like, Marvel trivia, DC trivia. Nice. Uh, other publisher trivia. Excellent. Re- relatively few image uh, trivia yeah. questions. Just because I think the majority of the kids in there... Haven't kept up with all 320 issues of Savage Dragon. Mm. Lazy. Yeah. Um, so let's kick off the show. First things first is the segment in which we review all the number ones that came out last week. All these brand new series have started. And uh, uh, I don't know if anyone let you know, Siobhan, but Marvel are well and truly back on their bullshit this they week. sure are. With uh, the Hunt for Wolverine event starting. Um, the, uh, the original... Uh, beloved Wolverine character, um, Logan himself, uh, mm-hmm. died in the event, very, very uh, creatively named event, Death of Wolverine, yep. a few years ago. So sad. And um, that was written by Charles Soule. Um, and Wolverine, you know, we, we saw him show up in the, at the end of the Marvel, Leg- Marvel Legacy one shot. Yep. We know when that he was back. driving his truck that just said beer on it, yep. the big beer truck. Mm-hmm. Loved um, it. And uh, now everyone else in the Marvel Universe is aware that he is back Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's up to four separate teams to start four separate series in which they search for Wolverine. Well, it's about time. And Hunt for Wolverine is, uh, yeah, it's written by Charles Sola with art by um, David Marquez um, with um, Rochelle Rosenberg and then there's a backup with art by Paulo Sequeira, Walden Wong and Ruth Redmond, also written by Charles Sola. The bulk of the story um, is kind of like the reveal of what happened to Wolverine's corpse when they found mm. it entombed in um, adamantium. Ad- adamantium at the end of the death of Wolverine, the the, um, the X Men moved it, moved this, the, the, the kind of mo- mo- they, they moved his body to like this, uh, you know, like a, a kind of hut in the middle of the bush mm. as like a temple to, mm-hmm. for those who need to go and visit Wolverine. Um, but this, uh, what the very, I think the coolest moment of this book is when they realize that Kitty can Kitty Pride can phase Wolverine's body out of the adamantium. Yeah, and so they're able to give him a proper burial. Yeah, that was that was nice. Um, uh, but this has the Reavers trying to uh, break in to where his body, well, where they presume his body was left, and when they cut open the uh, the adamantium, they realize that he's not there, and then the X Men realize that he's also not where they buried him. Mm. So um, it is now up to all of these different teams to try and find um, Wolverine. So the, the main story is the realization that he's that he's not buried where they, where they thought they buried him. And we get like a brief moment of what he's doing now, which is what he does best, killing people 
violently. Yep. Um, but then we have like this kind of like 10 page backup, which kind of sets up all the other books mm. um, in which different teams look for Wolverine, I guess. Um, and there's some like really good creative talent on those books. Um, it's like Jim Zub is doing writing one about called Mystery in Madripoor, which looks like a fun one. Um, Tom Taylor is doing one called The Adamantium Agenda. Charles Soule is doing one with Daredevil, because I think for no other reason that Charles Soule, than Charles Soule is a, the Daredevil, Daredevil, who's the writer at the moment. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, not a Darth Vader Wolverine crossover. Missed opportunity. Yeah. As far as um, I'm Because Soule's writing that too. And then uh, me, uh, what's her name? What's uh, Mariko Tamaki um, is doing one called Claws of a Killer with Sabretooth. And yeah. Bah. The setup for this was really just, I mean, this Daredevil's existence in this just makes no sense at all. Yeah, I know. And, like, they make a big point of that, like, why did you get Daredevil? It's like, because he's a detective. No, he's not. He's a lawyer. Um, I want to say that the, the dumbest thing in the backup, though, is I think the worst depiction of boobs in a superhero comic book that I've seen in a while. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even notice. Yeah, Kitty. It's not great. Kitty Pride's boob is particularly pancakey. Mmm. Potential name for the episode. Lovely. Particularly pancake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is like, you know, classic Marvel, like, you know, vague setup for all these different series with terrible art for some, yep. for some of those set up. But the, the, I thought the main part of this issue was pretty good. Ah, look, it's, it's largely fine. Kitty, Kitty just has no personality anymore. She's just She's like a She's a serious one. Yeah, serious hero um, leader one. That's mm. about it. Cool. That's fun. Mm. Yeah, but she's yeah she's just she's a serious she's like uh, which is the boring Ninja Turtle? That's one of our trivia questions. Uh, yep. you, you can find the answer to that on Saturday. <laughs> Very much depends on your personality. That's right. Um, but also from Marvel this week was the Thanos Annual Number One. Um, very well timed in that it came out the same week that uh, Infinity War. Um, the latest uh, movie in the uh, MCU came out. I haven't heard of it. Also known as Iron Man Nineteen. Right. Um, Did you like it? It's an Angus Trusker joke. By Did the you way. enjoy it? Um, Good job, Angus. Uh, yeah, I, I fucking loved it. Yeah, like cool. you know, I, I, and I, and we did the latest episode of Hey Fam, like a two-hour discussion of mm. how much we enjoyed it. Um, like I, I don't think that these movies are above criticism, but it has been very funny seeing, like you know, the New Yorker like tear this to shreds, saying that it's like a one giant advertisement, and then blah blah blah, and it's like yeah. no, this is like like as good as this kind of movie gets, and like and and like there's a ridiculous thing that's like, um, it 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 expects the audiences to have seen every other movie in the MCU leading up to this one. Not only that, but also expects you to have like thought about them afterwards. Mm. And it's like, I mean, have you like read a comic? Well, that's <laughs> have you watched exactly a TV it. series? Have you? Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a slightly newish format for movies. I think superhero comic book readers are pretty used to this sort of thing. Like, it's, yeah, it's an event. But like, you know, you don't watch the th- third Godfather and be like, what? what why are they talking Who the fuck's like that this? guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. And if you want to go listen to our episode, it's on hey, of Hey Fam. Um, it's the most recent one up there. Go check it out. Yeah, cool. Uh, but Thanos Annual. Um, uh, this is uh, kind of like a direct sequel to the finale of um, Donny Cates's uh, and Jeff Shaw's uh, really good Thanos uh, run mm-hmm. that they just completed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it features a number of um, uh, mostly like comedic uh, Marvel writers teaming up with uh, some of their best uh, art talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think this is what's funny about this one to me is that it comes hot on the heels on, of Action Comics 1000, yep. which was an anthology 
um, mm-hmm. like a collection of short stories by some of their best creatives. And, if, you know, we reviewed it last week or the week before. I didn't, we didn't really enjoy it. It wasn't good. And um, this, I thought, was going to be similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, but it we was ha- good. It was great. <laughs> so you, you have Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. And Antonio Fabella, who were the um, that was the creative team behind the Thanos run, doing um, the first story. The whole thing is is t- um, told from the point of view. These are all tales that are being told by the cosmic ghost writer, who it was revealed was uh, Frank Castle, after making multiple deals with uh, cosmic beings. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this is yeah. him kind yeah, of taking this character to the bank. T- t- telling these stories of like you know the the worst things that he heard of Thanos doing. So you have a story of you know the things he used to do to Gamora when when um when he was raising her. Um, then you've got Chris Hast- Chris Hastings and Flaviano and Federico Blee doing um a kind of really funny take on the Superman story for the man who has everything. Yeah, the Alan yeah, Moore yeah. story where it's like every year this Thanos just shows up on this kid's birthday and just like Bro, does something <laughs> horrible to his day. <laughs> And I was that was really it, it's very funny. it's really amusing but very dark. Yeah, um, absolutely. As well. All of these were all yep. of these were like really funny or like quite beautiful, and then really sad and tragic in the end. Um, Kieran Gillen uh, did a really good one. My favorite was probably uh, <laughs> just um, the Ryan North's. Um, actually, no, my favorite was definitely the What to Get the Man Who Takes yeah. Everything. But the Ryan North uh, and Will Robson and Rochelle Rosenberg book about, which is called That Time Thanos Helped an Old Lady Across the Street, in which he just helps someone, an old lady across the street. And then you're like, oh, that's a nice weird act for him to do. Mm. And then it's revealed that like in doing that, he stopped the old lady from bumping into someone and that someone would go on to like, you know, create a cure for all these cancers. And Thanos saw into the future and, and realized that he could stop that from happening and thus, you know, allow more life to die. <laughs> Um, it's really, really dark and funny. The final story is by Al Ewing and with excellent art by Fraser Irving. Um, the only story within this I didn't really like that much was Katie Cook's My Little Thanos. Man, I really liked that one. Yeah, I, for, for me, there was just a bit of a happy tree friends kind of vibe yes. about it, which never really sits with me very well. No, I didn't like it, but I thought that it was it was pretty funny. The closing line is, yeah, mass, hu- mass grave, it's like hugging. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, in a slightly pathetic, dark way. But yeah, like brilliant art and, and, and really, really fun stories that understood the character, but were also just entertaining in their own right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it helps that there are, a bit, there are far less stories about Thanos than there are Superman in the first place. But I think having this kind of like, even though it's quite vague, you know, he's just, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider is telling these stories. Yeah. Having that as a thematic thing that tied everything together worked really well. And then the final page was just a setup for this cosmic ghost rider series that I didn't even know was was, hap- was yeah. coming. Yeah. Cool surprise. And like when it's revealed who Frank Castle has been uh, telling all these stories to, I was like, "Oh my god, that's awesome." Mm. And I realized again that can be easily compared to Action Comics 1000 where the final story was Bendis setting up what he would do in his Man of Steel uh, series that coming yeah. to us soon that just failed to like, you know, make anyone excited about exactly. it. Exactly. Well, I mean, certain people I'm sure, but like for me personally, I was just like, Ugh. Yeah. whereas this does more in one page, like three, three kind of boxes um, to get me psyched about a series that I didn't even know existed. That was cool. Absolutely. Um, so this uh, was great. This Good is a really, really, really great, great example of a, um, of a of an anthology collection of short stories, uh, for, you know, or an, or an annual done yeah. really well. Um, so yeah, check this one out over Action Comics 1000. That's my hot take. Yeah, agreed. Do Sorry, a, Superman. Do a variant of, of this one, Nicholas Scott. Yeah, I want to see Thanos' sweet dick. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> New name for the episode. 
Did you? Did your hang? Did you, my, is, is my hangover contagious? <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to um, stop drinking as much coffee as I have been. So oh right, I'm a bit almost almost mental pretty similar. And tired. Um, so I tried to read the Prisoner and Jeepers Creepers number ones that came out through Dynamite and mm-hmm. made only a few pages in. So let's, yeah. let's skip those. I tried to read the Prisoner as well because I like like I've always thought the concept seemed really funny, but I've never managed to actually get into it. But the uh, licensed book that I did read, uh, the new Ooh, number one for uh, from Dark Horse was uh, Aliens: Dust to Dust, written by Gabrielle Hardman. I think drawn by him possibly too. Yeah, story, script and art by Gabrielle Hardman with colors by Rain Barreto. Um, and, uh, this was just a straight up like horror book set on like a a planet, not unlike ours, um, that, uh, is suddenly invaded by aliens. And when when a book, it's it's about a mother and her daughter, Mm -hmm. except the first panel is of the mother, um, like with a face hugger alien on her head. And then even though she, you know, gets up and is fine for a minute, you know, what's going to happen to her because, you know, we've, we've all enjoyed, enjoyed Marvel, uh, sorry, the, uh, aliens movies. Um, and that, that that finally does happen on on the uh, on the last page, but I'm it's, glad I didn't read this. It's a real bummer of a book, but I feel like the aliens stories, you know, they are bummers. Like, yeah, yeah. The aliens, like, everyone dies. Well, it's not even it's not even like yeah, like the fact that the aliens fucking suck. Like it's the fact that like the the future depicted in these stories sucks to begin with. Absolutely. So it's always so dire for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, and uh, Gabriel Hardman's art is excellent. Um, he does a great job of you know hiding the aliens mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. shadows to make them even creepier. So it's, you know, very rare for you to see the, like, you know, the full shot of the alien fully exposed in full light. Um, it's, you know, a very dark book. Yeah. Cool. Um, with just some ex- excellent action scenes by Hardman. Gorgeous. He's Who's so Hardman? good. Who did, what's he Gabriel done? Hardman did, um, he, he's done a lot of horror stuff in mm. the past. He did an amazing one shot that we reviewed for, for image. It came out like last year sometime. And it was about, like a belfry and like maybe someone like turning into a bat or some shit. I oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. It was yep. called the belfry or something. Yeah, it was, that, was cool. that was really good. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's an e- excellent um, you know writer and artist. Um, and just like uh, James Stoko, who did the last Aliens miniseries, I think mm. this is going to be a really fun, if not you know if not fun in like while, fun while sense. being gross and grim. Yeah, uh, Aliens uh, miniseries. Cool. So definitely check this out if you're an Aliens fan or a fan of uh, of horror. Um, final number one that I read or tried to was Black as Fuck, Black AF, um, Widows and Orphans. Now, this is originally a series that came out through Black Mask, um, written by the creators um, uh, Kwanzaa Osayefo and Tim Smith III. Um, and they are still uh, the writers of this uh, of this series. But, um, yeah, it's called Widows and Orphans. It used to be a black and white book. Mm-hmm. And even though the first couple of issues were quite slow, it, it culminated in quite an excellent ending. Um, which I was happy that I stuck it through it all. Um, this one has, um, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, written by Kwanzaa Osayefo with um, P- Pencils and Inks by Tim Smith III. But this is coloured by Derwin Robertson. Um, and I think the, I don't know what it is, but I, I loved um, Tim Smith III's um, art mm. in, the, uh, in the original series, but I just did not connect with it in this one here. And yeah, I found this actually like quite difficult to follow what was going on. Um, I actually didn't make it through the book. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I really struggled. Here. Which I, I'm, I'm disappointed in because I really liked the first series. But part of me stopping was I know that they, they released like a, a little trade recently okay. called Black as Fuck. Um, so I think this is a direct sequel to that as opposed to the original series. So maybe I should read that little trade and then come back and see if I enjoy yeah. this a bit more. But this was pretty hard to follow. Yeah, yeah. I was confused. Yeah, uh, so unfortunately uh, we'll not be continuing with that one. 
Did you actually read this one? I did read that one. Yeah, cool. So Vault Comics put out another book called Deep Roots. Um, Written by Dan Waters, coloured by Truna Farrell, art by Val Rodriguez, Mm -hmm. lettered by Aditya Bidika. And this is kind of more like... Uh, slightly Irish folklore Celtic weirdness. My favourite. You love that shit, if there is one thing I know about you. <laughs> it's offensive. Um, I really liked this, though. I thought this was cool. It's like people made of vegetables attacking banks. It was like an M-, M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yes, please. <laughs> I watched The Happening like really recently, and I think about it all the time. That's so funny. Constantly. Why? Um, was it your idea or Nate's? No, it was Nate's. Nate was like, <laughs> I really liked that happening. And we're like, cool, let's watch it because I love Marky Mark. And um, I think about it every time I see like a Bush Russell. Have you seen it? No. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's compelling. Like a rustling bush makes you think of the happening. Yes, if you've seen the happening, that I, makes I, sense. I, yeah, I, I know the premise of the, of the happening. Yeah. So every time I see like a tree moving, I'm like, oh, it's the happening. So Finally. In, the, in this one... Uh, Trees, vegetation is able to manifest itself as, in, as like a person-like figure. Yeah. Uh, and they start robbing banks and killing people. Yeah, because they guns. hate capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> They're vegetables that hate capitalism. It's way more like, as if that's not super compelling. I, I really like it. I, I think it wasn't pulpy enough for me. I think it, it tried yeah, to explain yeah, 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 yeah. what was happening in, in quite a serious way, which I just didn't need. If it was like just leaning into the, how silly this situation was, I think I would have enjoyed it more. But it, there was a lot of exposition and back lore. Um, of the Irish kind mm. uh, that I was just like, I don't need this in my life. Uh, I liked it. And I also liked that the cast was like 80% female. That was great. I'm way more like willing to overlook things if it's a female cast. <laughs> yep. Um, but I thought it was cool as hell. It's sort of like, I feel like there were a lot of books this morning that are like, <sighs> sorry, last week, not this morning. Um, they're like, mm, I have a message. Right. Here's my message. But I'm kind of on board with that. We live in overly politicized times. Have a sure. message. Go okay. for it. Yeah. Have fun. Um, I really enjoy the art on this one. I will say this yeah. art much. It's really gorgeous. Good colors too. And some of the pages that are set in this kind of um, like spiritual Irish realm, whatever, other alternate universe kind of vibe, um, have vaguely sort of Van Gogh mm-hmm. um, look to it, which yeah. I thought was cool. Awesome. So that was Deep Roots, the final of our number ones that we'll review this week on the show. Uh, Now we play a game called Roll the Dice for Marvel, Image, or DC. If I roll a one, it is Image. If I roll a two, it is DC. And if I roll a three, it's Marvel. Rolling the dice first, and it's Image first. And then it's Image again. And then it's Marvel. So we do Image, Marvel, and then DC this week. Thank you so much to... uh, Who made the dice? Brad. Brad. Thanks, Brad Love. Brad Love. For making the dice for us. We love you. Three-sided die. Uh, So we're going to do image first, which means we get to talk about the book that we love to talk about as often as possible, um, which is Kill or Be Killed. Yes, please. Um, Voted the best book published by someone besides the big three um, in our 2017 awards. Yep, good. um, Which were televised in every country on every channel. Yeah, I was really amazed by that. Um, It was worth the cost. Absolutely. Uh, I can't even find... Where are my image books? Where'd I put them? Damn, you hungover brain. What did you do? What have, what have you done now? There it is. There they are. There they are. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kill or Be Killed, issue number 18, mm-hmm. written by Ed Brubaker with Sean Phillips and Elizabeth Brightweiser on art duties. They're the best creators working together in the game. They've got to be one of the most solid teams. And uh, where Siobhan said a minute ago that you found a lot of books this week had a real message to tell, I found mm-hmm. a lot of books were uh, over-explaining a mystery. 
Um, we had lots of detective work uh, yes. being done uh, in, in, in comics this week and uh, led for a lot of very exposition-heavy. actually made me long for the days where it would be first-person narrated in yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, that, that's like one of my favorite things of like the 80s era of Batman comics is that it was all first-person first narration. You hate first-person narration a lot of the time. Unless it's Batman. <laughs> If all things were first person narrated by Batman, that would be way. I better. think mystery, like detective stuff. Yeah, I like I like it when you get the detectives' first person narration because totally. then it makes sense that they're thinking out the mystery in their heads instead yeah. of talking it out loud to other characters. Absolutely, because you, then you don't just get like the mystery as they see it; you also get their thought process, which is pretty good fun. Definitely, I miss the days of um, thought balloons. I feel like thought balloons are massively underused. That and that's how a lot of Batman comics. Told the detective side of things. Yeah. Um, so, Killer Be Killed um, is is first person narrated by our main yep. character, who we uh, you know we don't know if he's a really a good guy or a bad guy. Obviously, we don't know if he's sane or crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be all four, all four at the same time. Yep. Um, but basically, you know, he, he he took it upon himself in the first. Uh, that's really so the the, uh, the cover the cover image is also the same picture on page one. That's very cool. Uh, yeah. yeah he, he becomes a vigilante um, because a demon in his vo- in his head tells him to, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, you know, he's, he's killed a lot of people by this point. He's currently in a mental asylum. Um, and there is a, a would-be detective kind of reporter um, who we met a while ago. Um, and she got quite close to cracking the case. And now she takes another crack at it in this issue. Mm. Um, she is a detective. I don't think she's, she's a, a reporter. Is she, oh, right. She's a detective. detective? Okay, right. Um, and, uh, man, just the fact that, like, we were able to catch up with this character again. Yeah, absolutely. And I just remembered everything about her because yep. that first issue was so well written. Obviously, mm-hmm. I didn't remember her profession. <laughs> <laughs> just the main, the important things though. You remembered who she was, yep. vaguely. She's a girl. Yep. Um, she's not a vigilante. Nice. As far as we know. Um, that'd be great if everyone was. The twist. Yeah. The biggest twist ever. Everyone has a demon in their head. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I thought it was so great seeing our protagonist's role, uh, world kind of intruded by her as she, you know, tries to figure out where he fits yeah into absolutely it. and it's cool like every now and again i feel like we get an issue that we don't actually see dylan and we like we hear his narration in this and you see him in a photo for a minute but we don't actually see where dylan is up to at all in this issue we see the copycat killer mm-hmm. and we see all about this detective and it's so cool there's so many it's such a well fleshed out sort of universe especially because it there's a big twist at the end that that links another character mm-hmm. back to an earlier threat that we'd mm-hmm. forgotten about. Yes. And, uh, and and Dylan even reminds us that we'd forgotten about that threat in the narration, which is just like one of my favorite things about it. He's so cheeky. Yep. He's a cheeky, annoying, like almost Deadpool-ish kind mm. of narrator. But I it, mean, not that annoying. No, but you know not what I mean? He, he, he breaks the fourth wall yeah. kind of, you know, and talks directly to you and, you know, yep. re- reminds you that you've forgotten stuff. And, kind and he's of, got that kind of unreliable narrator thing going on. Yep. Like he sort of, you don't really know whether you can trust him. Totally. Which is cool. Yeah. I, I, I love this issue. I mean, as, as per fucking usual. Yeah. And it always just looks great. It's... I, I, yeah. I can't believe there are people who don't read this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're, they're idiots. Is they, what are. they are. Mm-hmm. I'll go on record. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I also uh, enjoyed uh, the back matter, mm-hmm. um, like, like I do every time, but I, even the just the letter in which uh, he talks about how much he loves Atlanta, the uh, Donald Glover mm. um, show, which I also love. That's cool. Mm. It's, it's good finding out that someone you love likes something else you love. Yeah, totally. Vindication is Absolutely. what it is. Um, so that was uh, Killer Be Killed, issue number 18, a series you should all be reading. 
Uh, let's talk about issue four of Ice Cream Man. Oh, man, I didn't get to this. Um, that's a bummer because it was an excellent issue. Bummer, bummer, bummer. Um, this is a series written by W. Maxwell Prince uh, with art by Martin Morasso. Um, and Colours by Chris O'Halloran, uh, in which uh, basically we are told these kind of short horror stories that are very quite real world. And th- the kind of thing linking them all together is that they all, every character at some point in their story is visited by this, ice cream this evil ice cream <laughs> truck driver who gives them an ice cream that represents something else that they really want in mm. life. So it's been like drugs or like music and stuff mm. like that in, in, the, in, the, in the past. And um, this... This uh, issue uh, revolved around uh, a best friend, a, ma- a man having to give uh, the eulogy at his dead best friend's funeral. Oh, no. Was it very sad? Um, that part of it, no. Uh, but he, he, he rekindles, basically he uh, hangs out with the, his friend's father mm-hmm. who kind of who left his, his friend and, and, and his friend's mother mm-hmm. um, at an early age and our main character is considering doing the same. Oh, okay. But then, uh, the so the Ice Cream Man doesn't really figure directly into his story as much as we've seen in the past. Um, but we are introduced to someone else, I guess like a rival to the to the, to the Ice Cream Man, oh who is like a cowboy in black. Great. <laughs> and now we get a, like, yeah, they're taking uh, two months off and returning in July with something called Ballad of a Falling Man. So like the weird mythology around. Yeah. <laughs> The Ice Cream Man is building. It's I love very, it. It's very, very cool and weird. Absolutely. Which is why I read this book. Yeah, I love the variety of stories that we're getting from this book. You really, really never know what to expect. Yeah, 100%. It's so good. They're such a good um, team. It's also a book about food, a very rare book about food that I do not crave. The ice, like I'm like, no, ice I cream don't want- I'm like, I don't want ice cream after this for a while. <laughs> I'm good. It's going to remind me about terrible things about myself. Go on some kind of internal journey that I'm not ready for. <laughs> Um, so uh, now we move on to The Beef, issue number three, written by Star Kings, Shane Lyon, Shaky Kane, and Ross Hell. It's a full creative team. Uh, this is about a man who is, uh, he works on an abattoir, he kills all the cows, and then he eats all the cows at the hamburger shop that he works for. Um, he, he reckons by this point he is more cow than he is human, and that's exactly what happens to him when he starts manifesting these bizarre... Beef powers turns uh, into a scary beef man. Yeah, man made a beef. Man made a beef. Um, he also at one point starts growing like he has multiple ni- like nipples, like yeah. udders on his <laughs> on his body. Um, so it is like this kind of like goofy Americana body horror book. Yeah, unsurprisingly, I fucking love this. Yeah, this is awesome. This is incredibly for me, and this is another book I think that is actively making a point, but is having having a good time with it. Yeah, no, definitely. Because it's definitely all about, like, the cattle industry and the dairy industry and... And the American jobs industry. And, yeah. Yeah. Racism. The jobs industry, the jo- you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're very political. Very. Um, Only when I'm hungover. <laughs> I think sometimes the colours on this look slightly bad. It's you know the, I mean? they're, they're extremely flat, flat yeah. Um, um, I don't mind the flats. It's more just like sometimes I think that the colours look a little bit discordant and it could, l- it, it just could be a bit nicer. But um, I really do love this. Yeah, I think that the work that the Allreds do is the kind of biggest comparison. Yes. I think Laura Allred has a good match of like, you know, like, I don't know, maybe it's just the actual shades of colours yeah, that she chooses. Exactly like, like, they're still very flat colours, but I think it, it works better than this. Is, this is very simple. Yeah, like I sort of, um, like whoever's doing, I can't remember whoever's doing the colours for the Gilbert Hernandez Mm-hmm. Um, Assassinistas. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I would like to see them recolor yeah. this. But the, yeah, I that's I feel like that's me being massively nitpicky because I really love this book. 
Um, I think it's clever and funny and weird and so weird. Like sort of referential of superhero comics and silly, and I love it. And it's so gross as well. There's yeah, some disgusting. really grotesque bullshit that happens in these pages. Yeah, a great series. Absolutely, poor love cows. It. Pork cows. Pork cows. Makes me feel sad. Do you think I said pork owls? I wasn't sure. You're you like, pigs are fine, lemons. It's cows. <laughs> um, talk, tell me about uh, Sacred Creatures. Yes, please. Book I stopped reading after two issues for some silly reason. I read yeah, that. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I really like this book. Every It comes out really infrequently. I'm not sure how. It's because all the pages are like 60 issues long, right? Yeah. It is a massive book and it has. Um, so it's written by Pablo Raimondi and Klaus Janssen, letters by Clem Robbins, and then the contemporary scenes have art by um, Pablo Raimondi with colours by Chris Chuckery and Brian Reba, and then there's also scenes set in the ancient past, which are illustrated by Klaus Janssen with colours by Dean White. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't realise uh, Janssen was doing art on this too. That's great. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't realise that either until I read the page <laughs> just then, which is very, very cool. And so this follows um, people called... The Navial, who are like rep- humanoid humanoid representations of the seven deadly sins, and they have killed. What they call the Nephilim. Sorry, Navial was the one that they killed, and they've killed the woman who are sort they of Irish? Kept them. <laughs> I mean, not not explicitly. Um, and they've killed the sort of angel who kept them in check on Earth. And so now some horrible shit is going down. And this poor dude and his um, baby have been caught up in it. And sad stuff is happening to him. But it's it's really compelling. And, like, really, they've obviously been working on this story for a really, really long time. So the story is very rich and, like, well-considered. I reckon they've been working on the art for a really long time, too. Because, like, Jansen yeah. is, like, you know, one of those... You know, older DC mainstays who kind of you know works with your Frank Millers and mm-hmm, your Jim mm-hmm. Lee's all the time, who who are artists that are you know always delayed on art. But I feel like this has just been coming. You know, obviously there I think it's like a bi month, a, a, a twice monthly. Sorry, once once every once two every months. Two months? Uh, yeah, schedule. But yeah, um, but it's well worth the wait if you like um, like Neil Gaiman stuff. If you like, like sort of American, American gods, gods definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely check this out. I think it's like really clever and really fun and very emotional. And it's just a really, really good fun ride. Awesome. Love it. Pass it over. Absolutely. Sacred Creatures. Go check it out. Um, so I read uh, Savage Dragon 233 this week. That is quite a cover. Can you describe good it? We, we haven't had, we, you've been cheated out of describing, uh, uh, you know, kind of horny, horny covers. <laughs> so describe this cover for us. So um, this has... Uh, Savage Dragon Jr. Savage Dragon Jr. <laughs> and his uh, wife, yep. girlfriend. Um, she is sitting on his shoulder wearing a singlet that says "Bald is beautiful." He has shaving foam over his face, and she has shaving foam over her vagina, and she is holding a razor. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, so this book has become what, very... What very, is going on, Eric Larson? This is, what is going this on? This book has become very lewd. It just, it's mostly their relationship. I'm into that. I'm um, fine with that. But that means that she Do falls, she fall, falls pregnant all the time. And when okay. you fall pregnant to uh, an enormous alien dragon creature, yeah. you don't know which power, powers your, your children may display. Okay. Um, and so she, this book sees her get shocked from whatever's inside of her. Okay. Um, and... Uh, is hospitalized. Um, What's that got to do with her fucking pubes? That's. I think it's just that this is just her, him doing a funny cover. It's very t- telling of the kind of humor that Eric Larson displays in his book. So their relationship, even though it does delve into him just 
drawing, you know, yucky sex stuff <laughs> often. It is actually pretty sweet. It's like they've, yeah. they've moved to Canada. They have three, like, nightmarish kind of, like, dragon toddlers who, yep. who were just, like, fighting all the time. Great. And then, then to pay for everything, they've allowed a reality TV show to be made about them. Um, okay. And her mother is, a, is, a, is has started a relationship and is now pregnant to, like, another alien who doesn't have any skin on his face. Oh, God. Um, and it, that element is really fun. But then there's, like... At the same time, we have this like interdimensional stuff that happened after issue 225, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, where there are three female heroes that are stuck in another dimension with another savage dragon character. Okay. And it's very serious sci-fi kind of stuff and really okay. takes you out of it. I don't like that part of it at all. I understand it is part of what makes Savage Dragon so expansive and fun, but that part of it just feels like a throwback to a comics that I never wanted to read in the first place. Um, and something happens at the end of this issue to the wife of mm-hmm, the younger mm-hmm. Savage Dragon. Um, and if they follow through with this, I'm going to stop reading this. Because, oh, hectic. Yeah, she, uh, she goes into childbirth. And, oh, no. And, oh, yeah, that's and, no good. And she's pronounced dead at the end of this issue. That's no good. So I, I'm hoping there'll be some kind of twist. Yeah. They're damn well better be because she, in, in spite of her being like, you know, a, a, an excuse for Larson to draw uh, like and write of a very, very horny female character, she mm. is actually a really fun character anyway. Yeah. And, and, and I and kind of what who I like the most in this book. So if they kill her, I'm, I'm out. And look, I have no problem with showing that like a couple have a healthy sex life in a weird comic. I don't know if healthy is the right, right choice of word, <laughs> but yeah, sure. <laughs> look, they have three children. All power to them. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, final image book we're talking about this week is Saga, Chapter 51. Boo! By Classic Brian K. Vaughan. What do you mean? Not boo, just sad. sad oh, yeah. sad. Yeah, right. Uh, Brian K. Vaughan uh, writing this one with Fiona Staples um, with the uh, you know the imminent, why are those two on the cover? I hope nothing ha- bad happens to those two in this I- issue. No! Um, no spoilers, obviously. No spoilers. I know a lot of people uh, read but this on trade. But if you've seen trade. the cover, you might have to um, figure it out. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. I think that's, that's vague enough. Um, but this sees like, you know, that, that they are our, our family, our main family, and their friends are kind of living a semi-normal life, hiding mm-hmm, away from mm-hmm. everybody. But of course, characters eventually do catch up with them. And we've, mm. we've seen characters trying to find them over the last few issues, and it finally happens in this one. And uh, something something sad happens for some characters, but something cool happens for another character because of that sad thing. So... Mm, the cycle yes. continues. We're going to see another unlikely allegiance happen in the next few issues, which is very fun. Um, I hate being vague. I know. I was stuff. like, I don't even know what you're talking We're, about. Very soon, I think we should do a saga spoiler cast. Where yeah, we talk absolutely. At length about I'd saga. I'd have to go back and read saga from the beginning. Yeah, it's so easy. To it just... wouldn't take you very long. No, like I got an hour or two. Like because you can like there's such, I you know I, I pour over them when I read them for the first time but I feel like rereading it I'd just be like, brrr, like yeah just totally through it it's very very good page turning yeah hardcovers with the breastfeeding picture on that. I think it's a great choice of cover image so yeah good. I love it so much uh, so yeah another great issue of Saga always um, a great issue of Saga of course um, and like I know it's I feel like I say it every time but good lord Fiona Staples' character design it's just my favourite thing ever that mm. new character in the like pantaloons with a weird mole face is just my favourite thing especially when, so when, when they wear their mask which is yes. like that big like kind of weird cone thing so so Fucking menacing so and weird great. yeah but and also such a so, so such a kind of like dandyish kind of figure as well yep. minstrelly yep. yeah love, love it. it real good 
Uh, so those are our image reviews for the week. Now we move over to Marvel. Um, and it's a big Marvel week. Massive Marvel week. And uh, I read all the really good ones first. And I was like, holy moly, what a week for Marvel. And then there were some ones I was like, oh, wait. Maybe they, they still put out some books that sucked. Yeah. But one issue that absolutely did not suck, and I'm sure everyone will agree with me, is uh, The Mighty Thor. Issue number 706, which is the finale to Jane Foster's saga. Um, she w- she became Thor about three years, years ago mm. um, when uh, the Odinson Thor was, uh, you know, the Thor we know and love and see in the movies uh, was proclaimed not worthy mm-hmm. um, and uh, the hammer passed on to someone new. Uh, this is spoilers for things that happened a long time ago. Um, and uh, shut up, Wayne. <laughs> um, shut up, Wayne. Forever. But, however, we are going to talk. I think we think we to talk can we, about can we this talk issue. About the yeah, so that, we, 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 there will be spoilers for the next couple of minutes. Um, uh, so just go la, la 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 la. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in this, we know we, we knew that this is going to be the uh, what's called like the death of the mighty Thor, right? This yeah. arc, yeah. And uh, that is indeed what happened at the fi- in the final issue, uh, the last issue, seven hundred and five. Um, and this issue opens with uh, with Jane Foster uh, lying dead on the moon, um, in a in a hospital gown. <laughs> Yep. Um, with all of the Asgardians, what's left of them after they got torn apart by the Mangog, um, who she then killed. Uh, yeah, they, they're kind of standing above her and um, and we see her go to the gates of Valhalla. Um, and who should she meet there but Odin, who finally realizes who she is, that mm-hmm. she was Jane Foster this whole time. And we finally get this brilliant moment of redemption for Odin. Yeah. Um, who not only like, you know, makes peace with the fact that that's who has been this new Thor that he didn't know about for these, you know, for all these years. But... He finally accepts her. Just as she's, you know, going to go into Valhalla and she starts regretting. She's like, no, I, like, you know, I, I was... I'm ready to stop being Thor, but I'm not ready to die. Mm. kind of what she says. And wouldn't you know it, the Odinson is on the moon, uh, channeling the powers of the storm within Molnir and uh, trying to revive her. And uh, it takes Odin coming back to, to be with his son to revive Jane Foster. Um, and when she is revived, she's not Thor anymore. She is still the cancer-ridden Jane Foster. Um, and uh, she, yes, she, she has been given her life back, but she still has to fight the cancer. Mm. Um, how do you feel about this as an ending to her chapter? Um, to be honest, I... F- and maybe this is just because I read this monthly and maybe in trade it'll be different, but I really felt like this dragged. Right. Just the, like, we all knew it was the death of the Mighty Thor and the fact that it was called the death of the Mighty Thor immediately indicated that Jane wasn't going anywhere. Um, so I felt kind of, I just kind of wish that they'd killed her and it had been more glorious. My problem with that is that, like, in comics... Characters stay dead for six Five months. Five minutes, yeah. yeah, yeah. But she's and, a, she's a normal human. Yeah, you know, but I feel like so yeah. Just... As soon as a new writer came on, as if you wouldn't want to return to this well. Yeah. Um, and I think I I I grew quite attached to this character. I think Jason Aaron. It's she's probably one of the his best written characters of all time. Yeah, um, I mean, I prefer her when she's Thor to when she's Jane Foster. She's wearing a straight out of chemo t shirt. That made me like, ah, shut up. Sorry. I mean, I would wear one. Yeah, absolutely. Was, yeah. <laughs> Just normally. Just yeah. <laughs> Just perfectly healthy. Uh, but um, I mean, that was cheeky. I, that's, that's fun. Yeah, that's it's fine. fine. It's fine. Uh, a t-shirt is what it's what makes you like Thor more. That's, that's <laughs> classic Shinbo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I found like Jane Foster as Jane Foster was just kind of. Um, 
I don't know what. Okay, I, before you continue, keep in mind she has life-threatening cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the fuck out of bed already. <laughs> she did. Every time she picked up the hammer, undoing months of chemo. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Even I don't know what my problem is. she's still got a t-shirt is. commemorating all the I'm chemo mad. that she undone. I'm mad undid. about everything. Um, <laughs> I just thought... In... <laughs> yeah. In costume, I thought that she was cool as hell. Out of costume, I was like, yeah, sh- whatever, Jane. Whatever. I, I, I think this is this still has weight to it. Like, she's going to be fighting cancer. Yeah. Now, I think if, if she was returned... Like she and didn't have cancer anymore. Okay. Like even though it's kind of not fair that she still has cancer, <laughs> but I feel like you know there is still a weight to all the things that happened um, that got us yeah. to this point. And I think I think it, it is a great way that to for for Jason Aaron to be able to bring it to an end this chapter while still not you know by he didn't just cut it off. It wasn't just like that's the end. It, it, it kind of makes sense that she even passes. She literally passes what's left of the hammer mm. back to Odinson so he can be Thor again. I liked that. Yeah, for sure. Look. For sure, this is, like, a great story across, like, Jason Aaron has done an incredible thing with this story. I just think this, like, death of Thor dragged a little bit. And, um, like, are we just going to see her occasionally? Like, whoops, still fighting cancer. Like, is she, what if, I I reckon they should just still kill her. I reckon she should still just die of cancer. Well, you're a monster. That's what I do. (laughs) You are the Mangog herself. But, man, I am going to miss Russell Dorderman. Yeah, but I mean, we, I'm excited we, about Mike Dormundo, but I love Russell Dorderman so much. I think that he really fucking nailed. And it's not just Dormundo; it's someone else that we really like. I remember, he, and he's doing like the the flashback scenes. Oh, cool! The older, the older, but the sort of flash forward of, of old Thor. Oh yeah, I love. We'll I love know. Old we'll Thor. know in July. I can't remember who it is, but I've, I, the, Will Moss, the editor, has been showing off the pencils, and God, they look fucking great. I'm excited. Um, yeah. I, I think this is a, a, a glorious run to to a glorious end to one of my favorite runs of all time. We get a um, a little uh, tribute to to Jane Foster as Thor in a an annual of sorts coming in May called um, Mighty Thor at the Gates of Valhalla with different creators. Oh no, it's just Jason Aaron, Jen Bartel, and Ramon Perez. Great, that'd, that'd be fun. Oh, a little one shot. Yeah, um, and then uh, yeah, in July, um, Jason Aaron and Mike Delmondo continue uh, the the stories of the Odinson. Nice. Will Jason Aaron ever leave Thor? I mean, hopefully not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's really good at it. Yeah. And we're going to get him on Avengers this week too. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. genuinely excited about that. Well, speaking about Avengers and no more spoilers for Thor right now. I'll make sure I'll add these tags into uh, into the description, um, which is pointless information for me to tell you now because you would have seen it already if it mattered to you. Just anyway, little, you're welcome. Okay. Uh, Avengers uh, issue number 690 came out this week The final part of No Surrender This 16 week long event In which we got a week, uh, weekly issue of Avengers um, That had uh, basically the Grandmaster and the Challenger um, Playing a game using Earth as the kind of chessboard And sending uh, different teams of cosmic villains to, to, to battle on Earth um, It's a familiar scenario that saw a, uh, a pretty diverse and weird team of Avengers like the best known member of the Avengers team is Cap, but then like elsewhere, like it's it's a kind of it's it's a it, it, I mean yeah you had Jane Foster on there as for, as Thor and Human Torch and Falcon Rogue, Beast Wasp, Wonder Man the other Wasp, Roberto De Costa who is now known as Citizen V, Good Lord, Hercules, Hawkeye, Bruce Banner he comes back as Thor, Lightning, Red Wolf, Bruce Banner comes back as Thor. Sorry, that's Hulk. <laughs> uh, Iron Patriot, Doctor Voodoo, Synapse, and Scarlet Witch. 
a pretty crazy, weird lineup of uh, all these books that were all the Avengers books kind of being mashed together mm. for this event. Um, and uh, this is the kind of you know the requiem, the 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 epilogue um, after. They beat the Grandmaster and the Challenger last week. That kind of sets up what all of the Avengers are going to be doing now. And because there haven't been any other announcements for the Avengers besides the actual Avengers book, which only features from all of those heroes that I just mentioned, mm. Cap is the only member that's that's carrying on to Jason Aaron's uh, Avengers run. We've got to assume everyone else dies, right? Uh, well, it just kind of sets up what they're going to do next. But I guess it's just, you know, it's one of those instances of them being like, well, now I'm going to go do that. And then, like, we just have to assume that that's what's being done. Mm. I mean, obviously, we'll catch up with some of them in their own books, but yeah, the, these these teams are all kind of going their separate ways. Red Wolf and uh, and Lightning have gone back to the south to like kind of continue that um, really fun. Uh, what was it called? Occupy Avengers team yeah. thing um, together, which I thought was nice. Um, and uh, to see more of that. We're going to get some a fun book about where Quicksilver is now because he was kind of he kind of he ran faster than he ever went before and lost himself to I guess whatever the Marvel equivalent of the Speed Force is. Oh, so Salad and Ahmed is doing that. With um, Eric Nguyen and Rico Renzi, which is cool. Um, yeah, and then yeah, the the, uh, the Avengers book coming out, written by Jason Aaron with art by um, Ed McGuinness, um, is uh, Thor, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Black Panther, Iron Man, Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange, and She Hulk. Um, a pretty awesome team. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, so that's coming out this week. So we'll be reviewing that on the next episode. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this uh, Avengers No Surrender event. Um, I would uh, recommend it. It's just a very fun kind of like Saturday afternoon uh, burn through. Could you read it if you're This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Not like a sort of if you're not super up on current Marvel continuity, could you just read it as a standalone Avengers book, do you reckon? Uh, yeah, definitely. Because I've, I've gone back and read, like, you know, Kurt Busiek kind of, uh, you know, 
parts of his run. Yeah. And, you know, all Marvel events, Marvel comics are always mired in whatever else has happened. Like, you know, characters are like, why does he not have an arm? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, 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 that always, and you, you get moments, you'll only have moments of that. You'll just be like, oh, why does this character, why is Thor a woman? Yeah. You know, why is, you know, all these kind of things like that. Yeah. But I think, I think it definitely stands alone as its own very familiar kind of fun take on a, a massive uh, Avengers team doing a big, massive Avengers thing. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, fun event. Nice. Um, what should we talk about next, Siobhan? Should we talk about Despicable Deadpool? Sure 299? We're almost at the 300th issue, which is going to be Jerry Duggan's farewell to this book that he's served on for quite some time now. Uh, How long has he actually been on this book? It's a while. Like, well, like five years, ten years. Uh, I guess since the since, dawn of time. Since all new, all different started, whenever okay. that was. Was that like six years ago, something like that? I don't know. So whenever, actually it was at the same time Jason Aaron started on Thor, when he did Thor God of Thunder. They both came out like the same month. Yeah, right. So well, it's been a long fucking other. run. Yeah. Uh, and uh, basically, um, Deadpool has put out a hit on himself. Um, and uh, he's, you know, in, in a hope that... Well, he, does he want to die? I can't remember. He, he just, like, <laughs> that's what I would assume. But then he's trying to stop everyone killing him. So I'm confused as to his motivations. But I like it. Mm. Um, but yeah, this uh, we see um, both Hawkeyes try and take him down. And we see Cap uh, revive uh, a character that we thought dead from from this uh, from this run, mm-hmm. and it looks like that character Cap, and then a returning character of uh, Scott Adzit, who is named uh, and drawn to look just like Jerry Duggan's uh, comedy friend Scott Adzit, mm-hmm. the guy who was in Thirty Rock and other other things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's been like serving as a Nova Corps member, um, and is now returning to Earth to stop Deadpool as well. So that's going to be the big kind of finale, like the finale on this. Really fun. Great. I like like I still slightly in shock that I am reading Deadpool and enjoying it as much as you are. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, Jerry Duggan with uh, art by Mike Hawthorne, Terry Pallet, and Jordi Belair. It's a great looking book too. Real fun Absolutely. stuff. Um, so through this issue very very soon. Um All New Wolverine um is also another book ending soon. Um written by Tom Taylor, this uh f- dive into the future called Old Woman Laura. Um, uh, was with art by Ramon Rosanis and colors by Nolan Wooded. Um, sees the team of, basically like yeah, like Kamala Khan is now president, and um, uh, X twenty three, aka Wolverine, for the last few years, um, has learned that she is about to die. Mm-hmm. But before she dies, she is going. She's going to kill Doctor Doom. She's going to take down the last, the last bad guy, because um, they now live in a crazy female led utopia, and I am into it. Yeah, and this uh, the, the team up is like uh, Captain Marvel, Gabby, um, Hawkeye, Maria Hill. Uh, I really enjoy Maria Hill in this. Yes, and we even get a Wasp cameo. Uh, yeah, there's so there is just the just the it's very exciting to see like a female team. You I know, totally that's agree, not yeah. like called like sisters or something. I mean, to be and fair, they were a, called A Force. That wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't but, called, yeah. it wasn't called like V Force or something. <laughs> Actually, you would probably want I that. I would love that. <laughs> That's way better. Um, yeah, like, but just the variety of female, like, variety of looks on display here. Like, Marie Hill is old with a buzz cut and her face is covered in scars. Laura's and fucked up, too. Like, Laura's yeah. fucked up, too. I, yeah, I'm super into it. Hawkeye's still beautiful. That's kind of it. Still beautiful. <laughs> She's and, like, the best. Captain Marvel has, like, white hair and, yeah. Yeah, women are allowed to be old. And I love it. Even Wasp has this like weird new costume because she's stuck in her t- small form. Yep. Um, and they they break into Latveria, and all of their non-Latverian tech is you can't use it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's great, and there are actual stakes within this story. Mm-hmm. So I think the final issue of of both this arc and 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 maybe Tom Taylor's run is around the corner. Um, but uh, yeah, this was a this is a astoundingly good issue of yeah. uh, of, of what's been a very fun run too. Absolutely, I'm real excited to get to gush about how great this run has been to Tom in person on Saturday. Yep, me too. And get him to sign some things. I think I'm. I always get so awkward around creators that I really like, especially because you're paying them to be there. You yeah. actually you're more than welcome. You you you're entitled to treat them however the fuck I want. You can get both boobs signed, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> just make everyone really uncomfortable. <laughs> like skip the line. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I would like you to sign my boobs. Nicola. Draw Wonder Woman on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we got issue 599 of The Invincible Iron Man uh, Written by Brian Michael Bendis with uh, Tony Stark back yet? Uh, yes With Good. up by Stefano Caselli and Alex Maleev And I just want to quickly point out that I really think that uh, The way uh, Bendis writes Doctor Doom Who is now trying to be good mm-hmm. uh, And we know that in the future In Old Woman Laura He stops being good at some point mm. But he writes Doctor Doom As What's his name? Victor Victor Von Doom mm-hmm. As uh quite quiet and introspective mm-hmm. and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And Bendis is incapable of writing any other character like that. Yeah. And I realize, I realize that's why I like, I liked infamous, infamous Iron Man so much is because he writes, he's like, <laughs> he doesn't have like massive monologues every second page. Exactly. But it's just like, um, Hey, you know what I was thinking? I was like, blah, 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 blah. That's how I would define Bendis's writing. But yeah, uh, Tony Stark is back. And the first person he goes to see is his mother. Um, uh, and then, uh, and Green Arrow, it looks like. No, Leonardo da Vinci is in this. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know why, but he is. Uh, there's a lot of bizarre things that happen in this. Uh, returns of characters that I don't think should be in the, this, you know, final Bendis issue or whatever. He's, mm. got, he's already got more than enough weird characters that shouldn't be in an Iron Man book, like Mary Jane Watson, for example. Yeah. And Tony Stark's estranged mother. Uh, who- I mean, it'd be weird if she was in any other book. <laughs> Tony Stark's a strange yeah. mother, yeah. But I mean, like, just like it, 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 she is a because she's not actually a Stark. Like, they they gave they birth and then they no they gave oh. that like he so the parents that oh. the, yeah, they adopted him or whatever. right and and she Tony so this is his yeah. biological mother yes and we learn that he, she killed his biological father because there were spies agents or some shit like oh yeah that shit is complicated but meanwhile you get the the brilliant Alex Maleev drawn. Uh, Doom stuff is is the highlight of, of this series for me at this point. I love how many Marvel heroes have surprise spy parents. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man, <laughs> Iron Man. Oh, did you see the um, Amazing Spider-Man 2? Um, you know, I'm pretty sure I did. With Andrew Garfield yeah. and Spider-Man. And they I remember shoot, quite liking it. <laughs> they shoot... Oh, really? I'll end this conversation. <laughs> but they shoehorned in like the most bizarre... Um, his parents being spies yeah. thing and like set up this like weird underground railroad that we never revisited. Oh man, I yeah. don't remember any of it that. It was real strange. <laughs> Bizarre movie. Uh, speaking of strange, Siobhan, glad I used that hey, choice of word. Hey, that was good. We can talk about the finale of Doctor Strange Damnation, issue number four, written by uh, Donny Cates, Nick Spencer, with up by Rod Reyes and Simon Kudransky, while also talking about Doctor Strange, issue number 389, written by Donny Cates, with art by Nico Henrichon. Uh, so the damnation event uh, ends in uh, you know all of the heroes who have been become ghost riders, uh, getting their souls back because the original ghost rider becomes the king of hell mm. in that one shot that I'm glad I read, even though I didn't enjoy it. But at least it made sense when he suddenly shows up. I'm the king of hell now. <laughs> um, I have I feel, to. I kind of feel 
like that about this whole series and like mini event. Like it's annoying to me how many series it has gone across. Yep. So if you're just reading Doctor Strange, you're like, well, what the fuck is going on? Um, and same thing if you're just buying the mini series. Like it's, I think that's dumb and bad. Do one or the other. Yeah. Um, how are you going to collect this in trade? Is what I want to yeah. know. Yeah. And I just. I've, I feel like I could have just done without this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there were fun moments in it. I, I love Rod Reyes's and Nico Henrichon. I mm. love them both as uh, as artists on this book. Absolutely. Um, uh, but we all knew that like Las Vegas wasn't going to stay as hell. This didn't have any real I mean, stakes. You can describe every comic we read as that. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's more that I just didn't enjoy this that much. No, I totally. probably should have just not read it. For me, though, it was always just a case of like being like you know like oh enjoying on face value what was happening in the Damnation book just because it was you know a big messy fun magic-y thing with lots of different characters, but then actually way more enjoying Donny Cates' regular Doctor Strange yeah, issues that tied into the event. Um, and so we got the final one of those uh, in 389 this week, um, and uh, it basically showed how Doctor Strange made a deal with Dormammu in Hell, mm. and um, I really love the way Henry Sean draws Dormammu. Yeah, um, absolutely. In fact, I love it. Every, like all of his art on this, I thought was it's really, really fun. It has a very indie-ish quality to it. Yeah. Um, I don't like that this sets up that Doctor Strange is in love with... Uh, Zelma. Zel- is that Zelma? But I'm very into the cover of the next issue. That is a shockingly good cover. Yeah. Who did that? I don't even that's know. That's Mike Tomlundo, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, it totally is. Maybe? I guess that's his signature? Hmm. Kind of looks like, ow. But <laughs> signatures are weird. <laughs> um, yeah, it features Doctor Strange, Selma, and Bats the dog uh, hiding... Um, at, at, the, at the front door of Doctor Strange's house, uh, you know you, you would expect them hiding from a horrible beast, but it's just Spider Man. <laughs> I like I like it when Spider Man is like mad annoying, yep. and everyone's just like, Definitely. ah, this fucking guy. Yeah, so yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad this damnation event is over too. It yeah. had, had potential, but it wasn't bad. It was just no, it just like it felt really pointless, and yeah, needless. Totally, it, it should have just been in the Doctor Strange series. It did not need yeah. to be its own event. Yes, agreed. Um, so now we have uh, Exiles number two, written by Saladin Ahmed, um, with uh, art by Javier Rodriguez and um, inks by Alvaro Lopez, colors by Chris O'Halloran. This is the Blink Run team of uh, different Marvel characters from different dimensions, mm-hmm. and this saw them pretty much pull Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie um, from from the world of uh, the MCU, I guess. But kind only like her aesthetic I don't feel like like in this she kind of talks like Hercules which I like yeah, it's fun totally. having like a big bawdy boozy um, old style hero is always cool a cool yep. addition to any team but I don't feel I feel like saying that that's exactly how she was in the Ragnarok movie is that's untru- true it's definitely her likeness though yes absolutely looks the same which uh, is great which is awesome I think Harry Rodriguez draws a very good uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie mm-hmm. they then go into a world that I guess is kind of like uh, Scotty Young's kind of Baby versions of all the Marvel characters, well, little X Men, and so they get this uh, Marvel babies, Marvel babies kind of version of Wolverine called Wolvie, who is like this you know kind of cute, chibi kind of uh, stumpy little cartoon version of Wolverine. And they have to stop Magneto stealing all the pies. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah, but then you have just uh, very exposition heavy of why they're doing this and blah 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 blah. I could do without that. Yeah, but you know what? I still really like this team, and I think that now we've gotten that kind of exposition out of the way. Um, this is going to be a really good fun. And any book. any chance to kind of write and draw? Sorry, just allow Javier Rodriguez to draw like just weird inter- interdimensional wild shit is uh, is is great. So. And Blink looks so cool. Mm. 
Um, the next issue, the Exiles join forces with Marvel, Marvel Puzzle Quest's hit character, um, Peggy Carter, the Captain America version of Peggy Carter. Cool. Is that like a phone game? Yes. Mm. <laughs> I feel good about that. But she looks exactly like Hayley Atwell. So there you Well, go. you know how much I love the movies influencing the comics. It's my favorite. <laughs> so show. much. Anyway, it's still fun. Yeah, it's still fun. It's still good. And I, I would follow Saladin Ahmed to the ends of the earth. It kind of feels like the, when they did the Spider-Verse thing and you had like the Spider-Man who was in like the, the Hostess Pies commercial being brought to the comics. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And the Spider-Ham stuff. Who we're going to talk the about Japanese in a minute. Spider-Man. Yeah, um, yeah. This feel, I, I wonder how deep they're going to get into weird. Like, no, yeah, like tying into like an app is pretty weird. Yes, yeah, pretty bizarre. And we've got yeah, the, the MCU version, the kind of Scotty Young s little guys. Wonder what else we got on the, mm. on the horizon? Maybe Blondie. Yeah. And the monkeys. <laughs> Where's the Ramones? <laughs> um, Moon Knight issue one hundred ninety four was an unexpected highlight of my reading mm. uh, this week. Yes, please. Uh, written by Max Bemis with fill-in artist Ty Templeton. I don't know by why Kieran you're surprised. Smith. Because this book has been consistently, like, just excellent. This was excellent in a way that it has not been yet, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that we have a story, a Moon Knight story, without Moon Knight in it. Um, But it still is an origin story of sorts. This is the story of how um, Mark Spector got his disassociative... uh, Personality disorder. That's right. I forgot forgot what What, it was. What was the thing that sort of shattered his mind? Um, yeah, and, and Is that an appropriate thing to say? I was kind of like, oh, here we go, and th- we get this very, very like it, uh, historically well kind of researched. I guess I mean I, I'm not I'm not a New York Jewish person, so I'm, I I don't know how how true, but this felt very genuine. Basically, we we see um, Mark as a uh, a young boy um, hanging out in uh, in synagogue and 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 basically spending most of his time with older rabbis making Jewish jokes all the time, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, feeling a closeness to one of them, closer to what he feels to his father. Um, and uh, we learned that that, that man has uh, a horrible, horrible horrible past involving, mm. uh, you know, Nazi ties and uh, sacrifices and pain. And yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that, that's the experience that, that, that leads to Mark Spector being the way he is. And he, he has never told anyone this story. This felt like incredibly personal yeah. to me. Like, I, I, I don't know anything about Max Bemis. I know but I he's would not like the singer in a surprised. pop punk band. <laughs> like that's why it's so funny about this. Like, yeah. Well I wouldn't be surprised if he was like Jewish and from New York because it felt very, very like sort of real in a in a really horrible way. And also like the the experience that um Mark is having of becoming a father, that alongside that story is so like so it's so good, man. Yeah, it's so, so good. Great. And the way that it's kind of like it just that that experience bookends this issue mm-hmm. in a really, really great way that doesn't feel like shoehorned in. You're like, oh, he's, this whole story exists so he can get over his fear of revealing who he really is to mm-hmm. his daughter. Yeah. I love this issue. It was so yeah. great. Ty, Ty Templeton, Templeton. Yeah. Nails it. And, and in a way that I didn't think he would be capable of because I'm, I'm mostly familiar with him as the Batman, the animated series cartoon guy. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, like there, there is like a very kind of old school feeling to his, uh, his characters here, like as, as far as the way they're drawn, but the, the layout and panel structure is very modern and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and just, just really, really f- a joy to read. Absolutely. This was, uh, like one of my, one of my favorite issues this week. Very like, uh, emotional, but excellent. Totally. And you know, the moments that could have been heavy handed and like very fake feeling that feel mm. very real and upsetting. Absolutely. Max Venus is... On the list of pop punk singers turned comic book writers, 
It's a long list. He is miles ahead of Droudway. I <laughs> uh, really enjoyed this. But I think he's great. I think I'll I'll read anything that he writes from sure. this Moon Knight run. Definitely. Um, so from Moon Knight to Moon Girl. Nice. Now uh, reunited with her best friend, Devil Dinosaur. For Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, issue number 30, in which uh, the two of them team up with the Thing and uh, the Human Torch to take out um, a Super Scroll and a you know galaxy mm-hmm. affecting death ray or some bullshit omnipotentus yeah, yeah. the the sort of uh lady galactus who eats time uh the whole time reading this which is an, this is like the, this is the most kirby mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. classic you know cosmic kirby i've seen in a comic ever in the way that even the dialogue felt straight out of a kirby written mm-hmm, book mm-hmm. um but i was just like man how the fuck would a kid read this <laughs> hmm you know i think kids would do okay with it Okay. I think it's okay. Turns out, I think it's that hectic. I'm done with it, most kids. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, <laughs> I you, didn't say it. You have, uh, you have, you know, very grounding moments with Moon Girl. Yeah, uh, which and is the reason why you read this, I guess. Absolutely, but. and the 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 physical comedy of Devil Dinosaur being back is excellent. All of the Devil Dinosaur panels are so great, so mm, classic. Definitely. I love Devil Dinosaur. Mm, he's real good. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Uh, yeah, but I think I'm 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 actually like. I thought this this arc dragged a little bit, so I'm, I would I'm, agree. I'm happy um, for. I, I think this the sweet spot is like two issue arcs as opposed to five or six, which is what they've been doing lately. Yeah, um, but we get a one shot next, written by the uh, by Amy Reader. Is she coming back? Is that a one? And it's an anti smoking PSA. I love <laughs> PSA comics. Amazing. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, we got Lockjaw number three. Um, a book featuring the terrifying words featuring Spider Ham. <laughs> Um, I can't tell if I love or hate Spider-Ham. Yeah, I enjoyed him a lot in this issue. Written by Daniel Kibblesmith with pencils by Carlos Villa, inks by Roberto Poggi, and colours by Chris O'Halloran. I've said his name about four times this episode. He's been a busy boy. Doing a lot of, of colours, Um And uh, good colours in this one, too. This is uh, uh, Lockjaw and uh, D-Man uh, teleported to uh, a, a land, a world, sorry, of uh, anthropomorphic animals mm-hmm. um, in which they come head-to-head with the Wrecking Zoo. Um, which was pretty funny. Pretty good fun. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I think this this is like every, Spider-Ham, this is Spider-Ham's universe and um, he's able to kind of do some of the legwork in explaining why all this weird shit has been happening to Lockjaw and, uh, and D-Man and why D-Man is kind of connected to Lockjaw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I found really weirdly irritating? The panels that are like D for whatever the whole way through. But I don't need that. You know what D is for. Seems massively unnecessary. I don't know what you think that adds to the story. I couldn't even remember. Oh, right. I see what you mean. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, no one knows what the D&D man stands for. Yeah, but also no one cares. Okay, right. Well, that's the point, I guess. (laughs) They never really say what it is. Um, I think there's one issue left of this left. Um, Maybe. I think this is not as much fun as it could be or should be. But I I think Spider-Ham definitely made it more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. W- Having well, it set in like an anthropomorphized Marvel universe is way more enjoyable. Hmm. Well done, Spider-Ham. Another, another win for Spider-Ham. Yep. I want to know more about Smile Diver, though, who's a part of the Wrecking Zoo, who is a dolphin. Yeah. Yes, please. A smiling dolphin who can walk on, who has feet. Mm. Uh, final Marvel book I read this week was Star Wars Darth Vader. Uh, issue number 15, written by Charles Soule, with pencils by Giuseppe Camicoli, doing incredible work on this. Uh, Danielle... Danielle Olandini on inks and David Curiel on colors. Um, this, the bulk of this issue was uh, Darth Vader, um, like fighting in, in the water with like enormous like uh, squid creatures and uh, horrendous aliens. Like basically, like him underwater, submerged, 
and uh, using the force and his lightsaber to to kill everybody that he can find. Great. Fucking great. Just I, I love the Darth Vader as a force of nature is a, actually quite a compelling and fun comic book and Charles Soule's doing probably my favorite book that he's writing at the moment on this right now. Hmm. Just to become Coley doing some great, not just great under the sea monsters, but also great space ships and shit as well too. Real good. Uh, so now we go to DC now for um, our final little stretch. No, second final little stretch of, uh, of reviews. Uh, should we kick it off with issue three of the Terrifics from DC's New Age of Heroes? This is written by um, Jeff Lemire. Um, and we do not have what's his name on art anymore. I can't remember what what's his name was. Uh, no, me neither. Uh, not Fabok. Um, nope. No, oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't remember who it was either. I can't even find the creative list. Who drew this, this issue? Um, okay, it's re- uh, yes, it was Ivan Rice. Ivan now Rice. it's Joe Bennett. Joe Bennett. Um, but with inks from Sandra Hope, Jamie Mendoza, and Art Tibbet, mm-hmm. and um, Marcelo Mayola on colors. Uh, I don't like this series. And it's really weird to me that, that Lemire is the one writing it because it does not feel like a Lemire running book at, written book at all. It's really goofy, and the team dynamic doesn't really work for me. And they keep making like real dumb references to Marvel. Like at one point, yeah. <laughs> uh, Metamorpho and Plastic Man team up to do a fastball special. Is a hardball hard special. special. <laughs> Whatever it is. That's Look. pretty funny. Um, yeah. I, okay, I think this is getting better. I think issue by issue, the team is coming together. I think he's finding his voice for the team. I think that now we're sort of getting a bit more of an idea of what they're doing in this book. I, I think it's a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's not as compelling, I think. I like, yes, I agree with you. It's not my favorite Jeff Lemire book. I just think by I think, any. I think Mister Terrific is a dick. Like, I don't understand. I guess that that, that ties into Mister Fantastic being a dick. But I just don't. I have yeah. I don't. I don't really find anything to like about a character who I loved in the past. I like his jacket. His jacket is good, but I just I don't. Yeah, they 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 all hate each other, and it's just getting a bit trying because I think I'm starting to hate it too. Mm. I'm gonna give this at least the first arc. Um, and then see how I feel about it. Because I, I, this is definitely the issue that I enjoyed the most. I'm, I'm going to give it two more artist changes. Because <laughs> you know that's going around the corner. I definitely yeah, thought Joe Bennett was more suited to the book than Ivan Rice was. Um, especially with Plastic Man's weird shit that he gets to draw. It was, he did that hand on that pretty well. Um, so also from the New Age of Heroes from DC, we got issue four of The Silencer this week. Uh, this has been written by Dan Abnett with uh, new artist... Um, someone who we loved when he did New Superman um, is uh, uh, is it Ivor Bogdanovich? Oh, I don't know. Um, he uh, sorry, I'm trying to find. They 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 love putting the the credits page as the final page of the comic. Um, yeah, Victor Victor, sorry, B- Victor Bogdanovich. Um, yeah, who who is the in- initial artist on the New Superman book that yes. we really, really loved, um, and doing a great version that feels like you know pretty close to John Romita Jr. while still being his own style. I was going to say it's very Greg Capullo. Yes. To me. That too, yeah. Um, uh, still with um, with Colours by uh, Mike Spicer. Has Mike Spicer done the Colours for this consistently? Because uh, I feel like there's a couple of uh, weird variations of skin tone. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe I'm be wrong. Yeah, I, I guess throughout this I definitely saw so, thought so. Um, I still really enjoy this, yeah, this series. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, basically, we, the, the Silencer is the name of uh, uh, a, a once-was assassin who fought alongside Talia al Ghul in, mm-hmm. her, in her same operation uh, and uh, is now trying to get out of that. He's basically now being brought... After, after getting out five years ago and starting her own family, is now being brought back into that world. 
um, and this sees her, um, as you can see on the cover, um, go head to head both in the past and now in the present day with Deathstroke. Yeah. And it's cool seeing her just being able to hold her own against him. Absolutely. Um, and I think he's a good addition to like this story. I wish he was a bit more like um, the current sassy version of Deathstroke that we have in. Well, yeah, the main I, I think he may become sassy. Thank give him, goodness. Give him tie, time. Absolutely. Give him a tie. <laughs> put put Deathstroke in a tie. She doesn't have a funny little visor on the top of her costume though anymore. What happened to her little hat? Maybe got blown off. Silly. <laughs> Uh, maybe Bogdanovich is like, no, we're good for the visor. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I yeah. hate his little hat. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is a, far and away my favourite of the New Age of Heroes books. So Absolutely, far. really good fun. There's still like four of them that haven't even seen the first issue good yet. Lord, um, without it, we got the final issue of the Demon Hell is Earth this week, written by uh, Andrew Constant, who again you'll be able to see at uh, King's Comics Free Comic Book Day this weekend, um, with art by Brad Walker, uh, Brad Walker, Andrew Hennessy on inks. Chris Sotomayor on colors. Mm-hmm. And um, this sees uh, Etchigan, Jason Blood, Merlin, and Madame Zanadu. Madame Zanadu team up to fight Etchigan's father in hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought this was a spectacular finale. That um, Really good. Like I think this will read really well in trade because I think there are one or two issues that were quite slow and uh, exposition heavy in the middle of this run that kind mm-hmm. of slowed me down a lot. Mm-hmm. But this it was a, such a strong ending. Really was. just Not just in terms of, of, of stories and, and, and plot points, but just in terms of him, you know, some of the action that uh, Brad Walker drew uh Especially like you know, just like you know, fiery loppings of heads and mm-hmm, like all that mm-hmm. kind of fun stuff was a, was a really really fun issue to look at. Absolutely, and like the new sort of status quo for um, Jason Blood and Etrigan and Madame Xanadu, I thought was really great. Mm. Definitely agreed. Some fun rhyming in there too, as you would expect yeah. from an Etrigan book. I hope Andrew Constant gets to do more stuff at DC because I think he's super talented. Well, it looks like he set up a potential like. Plot, uh, beginning for a sequel to this first Yeah, or even like a shadow-packed book Ooh, mm. fun uh, So yeah, really, really fun series The Demon Hells Earth Go check it out when this trade comes out very soon, I'm sure Maybe even get this issue signed At King's Comics Free Comic Book Day That's a good idea This Saturday That's a very good idea um, So uh, we got the 979th issue of Batman Detective Comics this week Written by James Tinian IV Nearing the end of his run uh, With art on this Oh, god damn it Where did you put the credits this time, DC? Like they're not consistent. Is it Eddie Barrows? Is it Eddie Barrows? No, it's not. not. It's someone whose last name is Briones. Oh man! Like put it at the end. Sure, that's fine. But always do that. Here we go. It's like five pages in. Philippe Briones, um, and then uh, colors by John Calise. Um, and this sees uh, um, Tim Drake, Red Robin, completely taken over by the Brother Eye software mm. um, that has been pulled from the future by this bad guy Ulysses, who is now known as the General, and uh, he's using it to fight Batman and Batwoman and all of the Bat crew. I am quite lost in this arc. I'm pretty done. I'm pretty ready for this like Batman Eternal arc to be over. I don't. I sort of really liked this villain, and now I feel really lost, and I don't care. And this issue took me like a million years to read. It doesn't really make sense why he's doing what he's doing either. His yeah. motivations aren't clear. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, I want him to be my best friend. I want him to be better or something, and it, I, I don't think he's achieving that. Yeah. Um, well, so we're, we're nearly at the end of it. We'll talk. We'll talk about this arc when it's finished. I think. Yeah. Um, so now we move over to Young Animal. Oh, just quickly, I read issue 22 of Batgirl, um, Strange Loop, part one, still written by Hope Larson, with um, pencils by Minkyu Young and inks by Jose Marzan Jr., Matt Lopez on colours. Um, this is the start of a brand new arc, and I think it's really good. I think that Hope Larson has developed really good voice for Babs. I think that she's kind of 
getting better at balancing that like techie sort of point that she's making mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing um, and making it less slightly cringy. Yep. And this is the only comic that I can think of where she consistently uses thought bubbles. Right. And I like that. Hmm. That's bad. Good fun. Yeah, so, actually, I, I enjoyed that. Pass it over. Um, so, yeah, over to um, Young Animal mm-hmm. for the 11th and I guess final issue of Doom Patrol by Gerard oh. Way, Nick Darrington, Tom Fowler, and Tamara Bonvillain. Who are we getting next? Uh, I think it's just it. Oh. Um, yeah, because they cancelled issue 12 from the schedule. and. Okay. Um, I I, I, this is probably the issue that I liked the best. <laughs> you knew I understood over. what the fuck was going on. Well, this is basically like everything we've seen so far in um, in in this series um, kind of come to a head, and we see uh, the origin story for this bad guy who whose kind of image is just kind of white with the big with the hell due to copyright stamp over it, um, and we learn that he was uh, a character who had a toy line made of him, and, the, and there was a light bulb in the toy that gave uh basically put kids into comas mm-hmm. <laughs> so he he's he was completely always all these comics are cancelled and now he, he's yeah they turned him turned him evil um and uh we see characters return that we haven't seen in a while um lots of uh crazy things happen all brilliantly drawn by nick darrington um i'd love to see what else nick darrington does after this yeah i wonder why i wonder if the delays are because of gerard way or because of darrington because he's you know art's very detailed yeah um but either way, this was a kind of a mess of a, of a series in terms of publication. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, a strong ending if this is the final issue. Um, Absolutely. Just ignore the Doom Patrol, Justice League of America, Milk Wars tie-in stuff. Yes. Agreed. Um, weirdly, I think they've collected issues one to five and issues... Uh, yeah, issues one to five and issues... Um, Five, six to ten mm-hmm. in two trades already. We're now there's now it's just one issue that, that's left off that. I might be wrong. Mm. But that's funny. That's a bit of a predicament for him. Anyway, uh, Young Animal this week also put out uh, Mother Panic, Gotham AD, issue two, written by Jody Hauser, um, with art by, I always forget what Mustafa's first name is. Um, Ibrahim Mustafa, um, with colors by Jordan Boyd. Um, and... Uh, Look, we, we regularly get to review uh, kind of Elseworld-esque stories um, that, you know, are people celebrating different versions of Batman and all the Bat mm-hmm. characters, most recently in Batman White Knight, mm-hmm. um, which is good or bad, depending on which of us you ask. Um, but I, it's good. Uh, <laughs> I really... You just showed my cards for me. <laughs> um, but uh, this, I thought, is a very subtle kind of reworking of the Bat characters, but well, in it's terms just, of... Yeah. It's just set in the future, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. I like it. Um, so we have Mother Panic uh, go ask Catwoman for help mm-hmm. uh, in trying to save her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and Catwoman lives alone with a like a, a non-human version of Poison Ivy who's just yeah. g- given herself to the plant world. I like that. I yeah. like that version of Poison Ivy who's like, you know what? I'm done being a sexy lady. I'm just all plants now. Yeah, totally. I'm just plants. She's a sexy plant because she puts two red leaves near her like face leaf and mm-hmm. that looks like lipstick. Sexy lipstick. Sexy. It's a sexy plant. Well, fuck that plant. <laughs> Man, I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to say that. And then I decided against it. Good job. Um, worse than you in every way. Um, I just realized Doom Patrol Volume 2 comes out in May. So I guess that will collect a lot. Oh, okay. We're fine. Predicament over. Um, but uh, yeah, this in this world, um, the Joker has like killed everybody. Mm. Um, and it's just like now like this kind of hopeless, sad man, uh, just bored. So I guess. He misses Batman so much. But uh, we know Batman exists in this world. But I guess, oh, maybe not in this, in, in 
Gotham AD. I don't know. I don't know. He went away or something. Who knows? He's gone. It's fun. It's vague. There's a backup that's like um, the Joker riding into an agony aunt talking about how much he misses Batman. The highlight of this issue for me and maybe one of the best things I read this week. Yep. That was great. Like real fun. Alter, uh, alternate history of, of DC Universe stuff. Absolutely. And I think it's always good fun with these stories when you have a future version and you're like, oh, well, who the fuck is that? So in this, we've got like a little new Catwoman who's like her sidekick or something, but we don't know who that is. Mm. And I'm into it. Yeah. Um, also, uh, in told through flashbacks, um, uh, Joker kills like not only, not, not only all the heroes, but also the other villains. And mm-hmm. it just straight up rips Two-Face two in half. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Real gnarly shit. Good way to kill Two-Face. Um, so there was a Vertigo book this week. Yep. I didn't read it. Okay, I read um, Motherlands, issue four, written by one of my favorite contemporary writers, Cy Spurrier, with art by Rachel Stott and Pete Woods, colors by Philippe Sobrero. Um, and this is the future bounty hunter, mother and daughter, reality show, comedy drama about hunting down their estranged brother slash dad slash husband pretty, i like pretty relatable stuff yeah it's very relatable um look the core thing is about mother-daughter relationships and if that's not relatable i don't know what is does the mother have a face hugger alien on in on, on the first page of on her face in the, in the first in this yes <laughs> <laughs> great questions Great, great answers. answers. <laughs> um, anyway, I think the series is excellent. I think the art's great. I think it has a really excellent blend of like comedy and high stakes and sort of crazy sci-fi action and boobs and sex jokes and drinking and... And, and weird future wacky shit. Weird future wacky shit. I like it a lot. I think Sysbury is very imaginative. Cool. Those are our DC reviews. Now the only thing left for us to talk about is all the books that were published by others this week. I only read a couple. I read three. I got lots, but let's talk about Boom first, because Boom put out quite a few books, including Abbott, issue number four, written by Saladin Ahmed, and Sammy Cavella and Jason Wordy on art. This is the book about a uh, uh, aspiring uh, detective in Detroit. In she's the... a journalist. Well, I know, but she's an aspiring detective. She's like a, a, an investigative <laughs> she's journalist. She's an investigative journalist who covers the stories that the sort of white media don't cover. Um, because also... she herself is a black woman, and uh, in, in is it the 70s? Mm-hmm. Um, in Detroit, so you can imagine it's not very easy for her to, to fucking live, let alone try and be an investigative journalist. Absolutely, especially as she appears to be um, bisexual and in an on-again, off-again relationship with a uh, woman who runs a crime family. Mm-hmm. And her ex-husband is uh, a policeman. Yes. And she's also haunted by a weird supernatural being that who killed sends... her first husband? Yeah. I love this. Yeah, it's real <laughs> good. Um, I think that this is what I was talking about, though, with as she's trying to solve... This mystery that mm-hmm. she's in the middle of, I fucking wish this was narrated by her. I think True. that would be yeah, a really yeah, great yeah, way yeah, to yeah. grow. What because we just like you know like we said we know everything about this character, but not so. Mo- there, there are moments where I wish they allowed the personality to shine through instead of her having like kind of angry conversations with people that she doesn't like constantly. True, I think, I think that what we do get to see of her personality is quite um, visual and about her sort of habits and her tics and things like that like she's kind of like i was gonna be like she's kind of like monk she's not like monk but um she you know has specific monk is such a weird show to reference in 2018 (laughs) i know um did you watch all of monk (laughs) no but i watched a lot of monk (laughs) you watched enough monk enough monk to still be thinking about it um anyway i think this is great 
Yeah. Um, the, for me, when I heard about this series, like, yeah, I was already very on board the Salad and Ahmed train, but was very excited to see Sammy Cavella, who we'd seen on a Black Mask book. Yeah. Um, I was excited to see Sammy do uh, work with a bit more of a structured writer mm-hmm, than what mm-hmm. she was working at the time. Um, and uh, there are some incredible layouts on this. My favorite Absolutely. page that I want to shout out is um, one of the, I think it's a, it's um, Abbott having a discussion with her ex-husband, the cop. Mm-hmm. Um, and the background is like a kind of like collection of evidence mm-hmm. um, and the panels are kind of spread out across the evidence like Polaroids on mm-hmm. the evidence mm-hmm. table. Oh, that was a really ins- in- inspired way to have that scene play out. I love the first page where um, we sort of see our lead character Abbott um, sort of depressed, smoking in a chair, drunk, and the top of the page is like the cigarette smoke, but we see the music that she's listening to and what she's thinking about and the sort of details of her depression and so much is communicated in that um, one page, which I think is really impressive. Definitely. Yeah. And really, really good. gorgeous. Super good. This, this uh, issue was called Makes Me Wanna Holler too. Mm. Good name for an issue. Exceptional. Um, and I would know because I name the best podcast in the game. Is it Hey Fam? No, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> as far as, like, episodes. Oh, yeah. For, like, serious issues. No one, no one can touch us. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Grass Kings, issue number 14, came out through Boom Studios this <sighs> week. Balls. Written by Matt Kint, Tyler Jenkins, and Hilary Jenkins on art. Um, we uh, kind of... The, the the grass kingdom, which is an off the off the grid kind of uh, uh, shut off from society, mm-hmm. uh, a group of uh, Amer- once were Americans living on their own now, um, is getting invaded by the neighboring town's police force, and they're bringing the army. It's getting more and more serious. Yes. Um, and at the heart of it is uh, they're trying to work out who this the the thin air killer is. Mm-hmm. So again, this is another one with uh, th- this actually does have some narration. Um, in it, but I just it, it, this is a pretty messy uh, issue in terms of structure. Yeah, um, I feel like this arc hasn't been everything that I wanted it to be. Well, yeah, this is my least favorite all of all the Matt Kent comics that I'm reading at the moment. Mm. Um, so um, I, th- I think it will it will it'll come good again. I think it's just it is telling a lot of exposition from a lot of different points of view at the moment. Yeah, which is a difficult thing to, to portray in comics. Sometimes it's easier just to kind of let us presume that that's what that person thinks or or have them say it outright in way less text than what you would have to have like to have them discover it naturally through conversation yeah yeah, yeah. it's difficult uh but it, it's still a beautiful looking book with great art by tyler and hillary jenkins uh, is that all for the boom books this week i think it may be for me nice. um what else have you got on your pile uh, the wilds issue two from black mask yeah, by yeah. vita ayala and emily pearson so this is um Colors by Marissa Louise. Ooh, all female team except yeah. the letters. By Make Jim sure you shout out the colors because this is an incredibly well colored book. Great. Yeah. just a, the art's the why why, why I'm going to keep reading this book. I don't, the story. Yeah, absolutely. I think the story has flashes of utter brilliance, but it's just trying to do a bit too much issue to issue, and I'm not following all the characters. Yeah, you know what? This very much reads to me as this creative team's first go at something, and I think that like even the art looks slightly unfinished and I really look forward to seeing where all of these people are in like a year mm. and see what their work is like now. I still think this is like a great story and compelling and interesting and gorgeously colored. Um, this is the uh, kind of like, uh, you know, dystopian future where um, plants, oh, it's uh, Sham- M. Night Shyamalan, it's, it's the happening all yeah, over again. It's the happening all over um, again. But these, uh, the, basically like the plants kind of 
take over humans and they become zombies. Yeah, it's very um, what's that video game, The Last of Us? Yes. Yeah, that kind of vibe. Even um, down to the fact that it's like spores. Oh no, wait, but that was the other comic. <laughs> and our um, our our hero is like a a, a runner who goes from uh, community to community, trading goods and mm-hmm. information. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's good. I think the politics of the world, I would have liked to have seen more of just what it's like to live in this world before we got as deep in the politics as we're getting in the yeah. second issue. Uh, but I think if we stick it out, it'll, it'll, you know, with this already out there, it'll be a bit more fun and readable. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about Vault Comics this week. Did you read uh, the second issue of Songs for the Dead? No, no, intentionally. I didn't love the first issue enough, I don't think. Yeah, well, this was, a, this was about it. The Necromancer. Yeah. Um, and I found myself like thinking about that book and going, did they ever make a second issue of it? And then fair enough, sure enough, it was this week that it mm-hmm. came out. And then, yeah, I, I decided against it. It's, it's, it's a great looking book um, written by um, uh, Andrea Fort and Michael Christopher Heron with uh, illustrations by Sam Beck. Uh, probably my favorite thing book about the book is the, is the art. Um, does very great fantasy kind of, uh, but like with lots of emotion, emotive, emotive faces uh, cartooning. Um, but... I uh, yeah, I think again another story that, like you know, being a necromancer is fucking awesome. I think the first issue did a great job of kind of her her kind of realizing what her powers are and how the world is going to view her, and then we just kind of plunged into way more world building stuff. And I, I think it would have been more fun to have it with with her doing more necromancy shit. Yeah, yeah, build the world as the adventure goes. Exactly. On. Yeah. Um. So I won't get you continuing with that one. Um, Strangers in Paradise this week. Yes, please. Um, this is the third issue of the new edition, I guess, of Strangers in Paradise, mm-hmm. written and drawn by Terry Moore, returning to this uh, beloved story. Uh, we can, you can hear our review of... I, I recently read all of it, and we talked about it in a recent Patreon episode, which you can find at patreon.com slash podcast for just mm-hmm. a couple bucks. Listen to us talk about even more comics than we do every week. Uh, but yeah, Strangers in Paradise, um, issue number three. Um, this has... Done a taken a turn that I did not expect. I thought we would catch up with, um, fuck. I was going to call her Hopi, but that's uh, <laughs> Kachu. That's yeah, Kachu and um, uh, the other one, Francine. Francine, thank you so much, um, Siobhan. Uh, I haven't even finished the series. My hangover is really <laughs> just kicking in the fourth gear. I know you seem like you're really struggling. <laughs> you okay? Do cars even have four gears? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and anyway, so yeah, Strangers in Paradise. Um, I I thought we were going to see a lot more of their relationship because we've jumped quite forward and we, we cut, kind of they caught up babies. with them in, in real time. They have babies and they live with each other. And so beautiful. Instead, we're really plunging into like, you know, the mystery action spy thriller side of the Parker Girls saga, which I thought was kind of done and dusted. I kind of would have liked. I mean, obviously, it's always going to be a part of mm. Kachu's life and Francine's because of their involvement, but... Um, I can't. I, I'm enjoying this, but I kind of this is not what I wanted in a return to the series. I'm in. I am enjoying this, and I haven't. I haven't even finished it. Um, but I think this is great fun. And I think that we're getting little flashes of their life together, which is really beautiful. Yeah, what I love about Terry Moore's writing, especially on Strangers in Paradise, because you know he's got he's got the captive audience ready. He doesn't really care. Yeah, it's just it, he'll just end. Like the, this issue just kind of ends with Kachu trying to um, escape yeah. where she is, and then suddenly not being able to because a bunch of cows are crossing the road. Yeah, and, that's and so the she, end. it just it ends on her getting out of a car, out of a car and looking at the cows, and that's the end of the issue. And I think um, Terry Moore is able to communicate so many things. You know, he's a show not tell guy, so we see a quiet scene. We see that Francine's mother now lives with Francine and Kachu and their two daughters, and you know Francine goes in and gets her gives her mum a glass of water and we see that there's a little sort of 
breast cancer looking um, yeah. pamphlet on the thing. And so it just communicates a lot very, very clearly and very efficiently. And I think he's he's a real treasure. Yeah, those, those heartbreaking moments were kind of like the highlight of this issue for me. Absolutely. More Francine. Bring her back. I want to know about their kids. Yeah, me too. Um, so I read some of Shadow Man number two this week by Andrew Andy Diggle, Stephen Segovia, and Ulysses Ariola through Valiant this week. And um, I don't know. oh god, I will never stop being amused by that name. Um, Ulysses Ariola. Yep, I feel like Andy Diggle is a strange choice to do this book, right? Yeah, that's yeah. I I can't say I'm really enjoying any of his character mm. work on this book, so yeah. I don't think I'm gonna be continuing with it. Cool. Um, finally, though, a book that I really enjoyed immensely is uh, a big, stupid video game manga tie-in um, called Mega Man Master Mix, in which um, all of the Mega Man games from the 80s through Capcom are kind of told, like, you know, these are like arcade shoot 'em up kind of games um, that don't really benefit from any story at all, but instead, but we're getting these, like, fantastic over-the-top manga takes on the actual story behind each of these games. And uh, they are just delightful in every way, like beautifully coloured um, with, you know, ridiculously silly dialogue of, mm. of you know, um, uh, different robots being reprogrammed to, to destroy humanity and Great. Doctor, the evil Dr. Wily laughing above it all. Um, and, you know, you have the, the hero of Rock, a.k.a. Mega Man, you know, just trying to beat a little guy and, and bust through all this mess. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. It's written by Hitoshi Ariga. With, sorry, written and drawn by Hitoshi Ariga with um, a translation by Josh Perez. Uh, yeah, one of one of the highlights of my reading week this week. Awesome. That is it for this episode. Uh, may we all go and eat pizza in peace. Um, you can find us online at facebook.com slash podcast or join our group with many, many members. Uh, some of whom uh, can talk about comics even with the worst hangovers imaginable. Uh, facebook.com slash groups slash podcast is where you can join us. Um, we are on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues or individually at Siobhan Coombs. Sorry, wait, wait, Siobhan CBG. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I'm so, my head hurts so much right now that you could be like, actually, yeah, Levin's so my name is Helen. And I'd be like, fuck, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm at Levdog, L-E-V-D-O-W-G. Um, and uh, is that it? I guess so. Yeah, I, this Saturday is free comic book day. Please come or visit your local free comic book. I mean, your local comic book store. There's some really good shit coming out next week. Action comic special number one. Um, not read, really much else from. He read any, to be any of the free comic stuff. I read the image one, which had some cool stuff in it, and I uh, I checked out the the first uh, look at the Nick Spencer Ryan Otley um, Spider Man stuff. Oh yeah, does that look cool? It's pretty good. I forgot that that was happening. Pretty good. Uh, it's, it, um, it involves a, a beloved uh, character from my favorite thing that Nick Spencer's ever written, which is the Superior Foes of Spider Man, the oh, main good. character now. Oh good. That's good. No, that's good. You liked Superior's poses, didn't you? No, I didn't. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, well. I hated that bug character because she was just always like, I want to fuck Ant-Man. Yeah, right. No, you're thinking of Ant-Man. Yeah, I still don't like it anyway. <laughs> um, but I'm excited about Avengers coming out next week, Captain America 701 next week. Yes, please. Um, also, that's about it. That's all I'm excited about. Okay, so wait. Um, be excited about other things instead. Uh, and be Ooh, cool. we're getting an alien egg cookie jar. And remember, if you drink a lot, make sure you have two liters of water before bed. Yeah. It's really smart. Otherwise, you look like a very sad dad. Oh. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
I mean, if you want, it's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.